Are, are we all here? Check one. <laughs> we seem rather light this morning. A lot of sickies. Need lots of prayer then. All right, let's start our service this morning. Every time I do that, the back door opens. Get me excited. <laughs> let's start our service this morning. Not this time. We're going to sing My Savior, My God to open our service. Let's sing this morning. skilled to understand what God has willed, what God has planned I only know with his right hand stands one who is my savior I take him at his word and deed Christ died to save me this I read And in my heart I find a need For Him to be my Savior That He would leave His place on high And come for sinful men to die you count strange, so once did I Before I knew my Savior My Savior loves, my Savior lives My Savior's always there for me My God, He was, my God, He is My God, He's always gonna be My Savior loves, my Savior lives My Savior's always there for me My God, He was, my God my God is always gonna be. Yes, live and die, and let me bring my strength. My soul is from the spring that He lives to be my King. Once died to be my Savior. That he would leave his place on high And come for sinful men to die You counted strange, so once did I Before I knew my Savior My Savior loves, my Savior lives My Savior's always there for me My God, he was, my God, he is my God is always gonna be My Savior loves, my Savior lives My Savior's always there for me My God He was, my God He is My God is always gonna be My Savior loves, my Savior lives My Savior's always there for me My God He was, my God He is My God is always gonna be He's your Savior this morning. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I come before you today and, and thank you that we can come together in this place in such a fashion, Lord. There's, there's so many that's out ill today with these breathing problems, Lord God. There's those that, uh, little Noah in the hospital, uh, Miss Diane just out of the hospital. There's so many at home that just, that, that's having just illness and hard time breathing and getting by today. I just pray that even though they are not here, that you'll be with them where they are at, Father God. Uh, just be with, with those that are in the hospital this morning, Lord God. Brian, while he's still at home because he is ill, so many folks aren't here. But God, thank you that we can come to you and know that not only can you pour out your holy anointing and blessings here, you can do it in their lives wherever they may be as well. To all who know you as their Lord and Savior, you can touch their hearts and speak to them in a mighty way. So God, that's what I pray this morning, that every one of your children will hear your voice this day, and we will be quickened and filled and can 
that's contented in knowing that you are God. And Father, if there is someone here today that does not know you, may they surrender their heart and life to you this day before it's too late. May your will be done, and may your name be glorified in everything that transpires here this day. And Father, may you be able to sit back in glory and look down and say, those are my children there in Sutherland Springs. May your will be done, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. As Chris pointed out, we are very light again today. However, we're here, and where two or three are gathered, God's in their midst. Amen? So it's good seeing you guys this morning. Walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, and let them know that it's good to see them in God's house. Even if it don't feel like winter, we're still here. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, I know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? Beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. My Savior's pardoned me from guilt and shame, I know. I'll trust His saving grace while traveling here below. I know He'll welcome me at heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, I know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I have a precious mother up in the glory land. I don't expect to stop until I clasp her hand. For me, she's waiting now at heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, I know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. The saints in glory land are shouting victory. I want to meet on the band and live eternally. I hear the sweetest praise from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, I know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? Angels taking me through heaven's open door And I can't feel at home in this world anymore No, I can't feel at home in this world anymore Thank you, brother. That, that, not that they're hearing me clap out there. Are we awake, guys? Nope, guess not. Everybody out there say amen. amen. There we go. Just just um, don't have a lot of announcements this morning. Just really want to touch on, uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, we do have a lot of folks that are ill. So when you go down your prayer list, make sure you pray for those. And then also maybe just lift up a prayer for those that's not on the list that you don't see here today. There's a lot of folks that's, that's just not, uh, it, it seems to all be breathing stuff. Uh, baby Noah, if you, if you, I, you probably, if you wasn't here Thursday, that was one of the few times, but the you hardly ever see the doors open and Jenny and I here and the baby. Well, the baby had what they called bad, just a severe croup, and she, she's still in the hospital, uh, but doing well. In fact, probably going to come home today, I think. But again, a, a breathing problem, lots of breathing issues. So I want to ask you to lift all those up in, uh, on the prayer list, and everybody that you see that's not here, many of them are at home uh, ill with breathing stuff. So just just lift all that up. 
the only announcement I really have this morning, besides making sure we pray for one another for these illnesses that's going around, is next Sunday is our bi-yearly business meeting. Everyone is invited. Let me make sure to put that out there. Everybody's invited. This is a time we fellowship. We have a potluck lunch. We just have a great time next door, fellowshipping one with another. And then you'll hear the reports of what where we've been as a church and uh, where we're hoping to head. Now, you hear the, the nightmares about, oh, Baptist business meetings. Praise God, we don't have those here. Well, as long as God's in the lead, we're going to be able to follow him. Amen? So I want you to come and just listen to what's going on in the church. And if you got some ideas, some things, it's an opportunity to discuss things and basically just hear what's going on and what we hope to, to be able to present better later on out in front of the church. I know one of the things we talked about just this past week in our staff meeting is we need to put together a day where we can all come up and, and scrape and paint the sanctuary. Now, that's going to be a, a big job, and I need a lot of volunteers, so I'm not just going to plan a work day. So this is what I'm going to ask you guys to do. If you are willing and interested to help out in cleaning and painting the, the fellowship hall when it warms up, obviously this isn't the time of year, but we're starting now, I'd like to get you to let Rod or myself know so we can annotate your name, and that way I can then go back to you guys and schedule what day we all can come together and get this done. The, the church is, is looking kind of drab. We need a cleaner and painter, and, and it's going to take a little bit of time and a little bit of manpower. So I want to encourage you to pray about that. If God's laid on your heart to come up and help, you may say, well, I'm not really a painter. The great thing is out here, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to be cleaned and painted. White. If there's a few runs, I promise I won't tell anybody. You know, we'll be okay. So I encourage you if God, if you think you can hold a paintbrush and would like to come up or a roller or whatever it may be, I want to encourage you to, to give me your name so I can come back later on in March or April and figure out a day that we can all be here and try to get this knocked out. So, yes, sir? Yeah, you know, away from the windows, you can spray a lot of this stuff and just paint around windows and such. But yeah, if you got a, I have one. I just don't know how to use it. You know, but I have one. <laughs> but yeah, if anybody and if anybody knows how to, you know, you have the professional sprayers and such. That'd be great. But if you would like to to sign up and let us know you want to come and help us do that, please get with Rod or myself, and that way we have an idea of who can come and help. So we can schedule the day when everybody can come together and, and do that. So it's not like next week or the week after. We're going to wait till spring so that the weather is, we don't have to worry about rain or, or such for the most part. Uh, so we can put that together. All right. So business meeting next Sunday. And be thinking about if you'd like to come and help paint the church and pretty up the outside of the church. And that's enough announcements for me. Where's Corey? You want to come on up? Father God, I just lift up my brother to you and just thank you for his willingness to come and open the scriptures with us this morning. He's been back with the youth and now he's coming here to, to share what you've laid on his heart. Just bless his willingness and may our ears hear you through him. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, brother. Good morning. Hopefully uh, my voice holds out. I've been fighting that sickness too the last couple of weeks and I'm still not over it, but... Um, Luckily, uh, this morning's uh, verse is uh, a short scripture reading, but very powerful verse. We're looking at Psalms, Psalms sorry, <clears throat> 143, verse 10. It says, Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of, of uprightness. This verse reminds me of something me and my son talked about um, beginning of the school year. It was just a couple weeks into school, and he came home one day, and I could see he was visibly stressed and upset about something. So I tried to find out what was going on. If you know my son, you know he's not one to talk to he's ready to. So uh, after, you know, bothering him a couple times, I finally gave in. And later on that night, he finally broke down, and we were talking a little bit. And he had told me how stressed he was about school already. So I'm thinking maybe it's just maybe some classes or something that he's having some issues with because I know uh, – he had to change some classes about a week in the school and everything, but it turned out that uh, what he was stressed about was the chaos that he had saw all around him 
in the schools to the point where he saw bullies bullying people in the the hallway and he would step up and say something and then the kid would just blow it off and say, oh, I'm just joking around to the total disrespect uh, for students and teachers and everything to the point to where he didn't even want to go to school anymore. He was asking me pretty much if he didn't have to go to school the next day. But something that he had said um, during our conversation kind of really stuck with me and still does. He's like, these days it's really easy to break the rules because everybody does it nowadays. He's like, what's hard is to follow the rules and follow God's will. So that that reminds me every day, especially some days when, you know, you kind of want to steer away from the word every once in a while, that, you know, it's easy to to break the rules. Everybody does it nowadays. What's hard is to follow the rules. Let's pray. Dear Lord, <clears throat> dear Lord, we come to you this morning, Heavenly Father, and we just thank you for everything you've given us, Lord Jesus. Lord, we, I, I just ask for continued guidance, Heavenly Father, through my day-to-day life, Lord Jesus. I know how easy it is just to break the rules, Heavenly Father, and just go with the flow, Heavenly Father, and to follow those ones around me, Heavenly Father, who are breaking your word. I ask for your strength, for your guidance, Heavenly Father, so I may continue to serve you and that you may continue to shine through me. We ask this in your gracious heavenly name, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. That's a great segue into the sermon, too. Should we sit down? All right. I see most of you are standing, so you know the routine. Good job. We're going to sing to God be the glory. To God be the glory, great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life and atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give Him the glory, great things He has done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood. To every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory, great things He has done. Great things He has taught us, great things He has done. And great are rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our victory when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory, great things He has done.
Wonderful, so wonderful is your unfailing love. Your cross has spoken mercy over me. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart could fully know. How glorious, how beautiful you are. Beautiful one, I love. Beautiful one, I adore. Beautiful one, my soul must sing. Powerful, so powerful, your glory fills the sky. Your mighty works displayed for all to see. The beauty of your majesty wakes my heart to sing. Marvelous, how wonderful you are. Beautiful one I love. Beautiful one I adore. Beautiful one, my soul must sing. Beautiful one, I love. Beautiful one, I adore. Beautiful one, my soul must sing. You opened my eyes to your wonders anew. You captured my heart with this love. There's nothing on earth is as beautiful as you. You opened my eyes to your wonders anew. You captured my heart with this love. There's nothing on earth is as beautiful as you. Beautiful one I love. Beautiful one I adore. Beautiful one, my soul must sing. Beautiful one, I love. Beautiful one, I adore. Beautiful one, my soul must Unchangeable I am, 
the King of glory and of grace. One in Himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased with His blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God. With Christ my Savior and my God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the one, the risen Son of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the one, risen Son. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of John and 1 John. We're going to be in both of those, John chapter 12 and 1 John chapter 1. And we're also going to be looking at Psalms, uh, several Psalms, but they're going to have a, they have a list of those so they can put them up on screen for you this morning. But as we get started today, I want to start off with a... a uh, an experiment, I guess, that could seem a little... It would, uh, I hope this doesn't hurt anyone's feelings or offend anybody, this experiment. However, it doesn't change the fact that it did transpire. Kurt Richter, a psychologist in the 1950s, put together an experiment. Where he t- it's a rather bizarre experiment. However, he brought together all these, these lab rats and put them in a, in a tank of water. He put them in the tank, and it was a, a, a totally dark room where he put all these lab rats in. And then he went into an adjoining room with some rather primitive video equipment. He was watching these lab rats as they were swimming around in this tank. Well, they, ran, they swam for almost six hours before they finally gave up and they drowned in the tank. Well, then he took another set of lab rats and he brought them in, put them in a the tank of water. However, in this, time, this time he put a small lamp on in the room that they were swimming in. His hypothesis in this was going to be that he thought that the light would give rats hope. They would give them the, the hope to continue to struggle and, and survive longer. Well, as it turns out, with that small light on in that room, the rats ended up swimming for 17 hours before they gave up. More than three times the, or three times the amount of, of time that the others had. They, they continued to swim and swim and swim. And he surmised that there was hope in the light. By them being able to see that maybe I can get out of here, by being able to see the room, there was hope. And because of that hope, they strived harder and harder and harder and three times as long to try to get out. Now, that being said, I thought about that that hope that we as people have as well. And I want us this morning to contrast the, the, the ideology between light and darkness this morning. Kind of like what Corey was sharing in the scripture reading just a little bit ago. God's Word has a lot to say about both of these, about both light and the darkness. Light and dark have been at battle or at war in history forever. It's been a popular theme for as far back as we can remember. Now, myself, if you are from the day where we used to go home and watch those westerns, those old westerns, I know I was at Bob's one day watching those old westerns, you could always tell who the good guy is and the bad guy because the good guy always had a white hat on and the bad guy always has a black hat on. And, and then just this week, I, I took it, my family, we went to the drive-in in New Braunfels and watched a very horrid movie. I don't know why anybody would waste their money on it. But anyway, I went and saw the new Star Wars movie, and it's just as bad as all the other Star Wars movies were. <laughs> but even they... <laughs> Get off the stage. I tried to stay awake. Half my family fell asleep, and I sat there like this. I paid for it, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but anyway... There's the light side and there's the dark side. You know, there's light versus dark. That, that battle has been going on over and over and over, even in these modern movie series such as Star Wars. Light versus dark is something that's been going on since the very beginning. And many times in Scripture, and, and, and Morgan, if you want to start pulling up those Psalms, the Psalms speaks about it quite a bit. And God 
is tied to the light. In Psalms 1, in 18.28, he says there, my God has turned my darkness into light. It's God who turns darkness into light. Psalms 27.1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. It is the Lord who brings light. It is the Lord who fulfills and, and, and is really all light. Psalm 76.4, you're resplendent with light. Psalms 119.105, your word is a light unto my path. Many times, lost, the lost and the devil are tied to darkness. But every time, when it's the light, it is God. There is difference between darkness and light. There is a difference between light and darkness. It is God and Satan. Matthew chapter 6 says that you are either full of light or you're full of darkness. Now, I keep saying this because it's a decision we have to make. Just like Corey pointed out in his scripture reading this morning that, that uh, his son has, was seeing raged all about him. That war, that battle between light and dark. And what Corey was sharing this morning, a perfect segue into the message today, we have to make a decision. Am I going to choose to walk in the light where, let me tell you this morning, that's where the hope resides. Or am I going to choose to walk in the darkness? Satan is the prince of darkness. Christ, God is the, the prince of light. God is light. Satan is the prince of darkness. The unsaved, the scripture says, is going to be cast out into the utter darkness. The neat thing here, for me anyway, to think, in my mind it's rather neat, God gives us the ability to choose. He has given us the capability to decide in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the tragedies, in the midst of the pleasurable events, in the midst of this everyday life, we make a decision, guys. We make a choice. Am I going to walk in the light or am I going to walk in the dark? I'm not saying those decisions are always easy to make, but he has given us the capability to choose. Remember when Jesus was getting ready for the, to the, go to the cross, what he said to his disciples. In John chapter 12, this morning, in John chapter 12, starting, or verse 25, listen to what he says here. The one who loves his life will lose it. The one who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there my servants also will be. Now, what is that saying? As he was telling them, if you, what do you love more? Your life or do you love my life? Do you love yourself or do you love me? And if you love God, God is light. When you make that choice, you're making the decision, you're choosing whether to walk in light or whether to walk in darkness. We are instructed to walk in light. He says, if you see my disciples, they're following me, who is light. If we truly are going to to live the way God has called us to live, then we've been called to obey, as Corey put it, his rules, his doctrines, his layout. Not because he's mean, not because he wanted to hurt us, not because he wanted to, 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 to come in and, and just objectify us. He, he made it so that because he knew what was best for us and laid that out for you and I. We have been instructed to walk in the light. The decision is ours, though. We can choose to obey Jesus and walk in the light, or we can choose to disobey Jesus and walk in the dark. The choice is ours to make. You can't point fingers to your spouse. You can't point fingers to your coworkers. You can't point fingers and say, well, everybody else is doing it, just like Corey alluded to earlier. We have got to make the decision for ourselves, and I don't even want to say just on a daily basis, but on an hourly and minute basis possibly. We have to make a decision, where am I going to choose to walk? Not just this day, but this hour, this minute. Jesus knew that if his disciples did not walk in the light, if they did not follow him and stay in the light, that Satan would be right there to devour them, to chew them up and spit them out. Peter later on says that, that Satan is like a roaring lion circling the camp there, seeking whom it is that they can, he can devour. In other words, when you get out of the light, when you mosey away from the fire, when you mosey away from the, the, the Holy Spirit that is keeping us true, Satan is going to be there to prance on you beyond, faster than you can imagine. It is your choice, though, whether you want to go out to those edges, whether you want to go out into that perimeter, or maybe even step out over into the darkness. We make the choice, guys, either the light or the dark. It is same today, just as it was when Jesus was speaking there. Christians either choose to walk in the light and stay close to Satan, or that Satan is going to pick us off and lead us astray. In 1 John, in 1 John this is where I really want us to, to camp just a little bit this morning. In 1 John, starting in verse 5, 
Now this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light and there's absolutely no darkness in him. You hear that? God is light and there's absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, then we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, then we make him a liar and his word is not within us. Folks, there's a sermon just right there in that passage of Scripture. I don't even have to say any more. But I am going to elaborate just a little bit on that as I see Bob shit laughing over there. Yep, it's going to go more. I want to make sure we understand this this morning. The um, God is light. God is the one that we should choose to follow behind. God is the one we should choose to immerse our lives in. The first contrast that we see here between light and darkness is right there in verse 6, or verse 5, he's telling us, God's saying that I am light. Satan is darkness. God is light. Satan is darkness. And either you belong to God or you belong to Satan. There is no middle ground. Did you notice it said that there? You either are with me or you are against me. You're either in the light or you're in the darkness. There's no straddling the fence this morning, guys. And I think this is what Corey was alluding to earlier as well. It's easy. We want, we think we can straddle that fence but in reality, we need to understand that we should make a choice either to stand in the light or we stand in the darkness. Either we're a disciple of Christ or we're a child of Satan. One way or the other. It is our decision. It is our choice that we need to make. You can't blame it on society. The world, that's what we all want to do today. All of society, especially a lot of the, the liberal politicians, want to make, make out like people can't make decisions or choices for themselves. That it's everybody else's fault that we're in this position that we're in. Folks, let me tell you this morning, each one of us has been given some choices, a set of choices, and we, each one, individually need to choose whether to walk in the light or whether to walk in the dark. There's no way around it. It's our decision that we need to make. And how we make that decision makes chooses which way God's going to bless us or not. He who walks in the darkness... Now, if we, are, if we are choosing to follow Christ, if we choose to follow God, then our life is going to show it. He who walks in the light is going to have a close relationship with God. You're going to see godly fruit in their life. You're going to see godly things happening in their life. But he who walks in the darkness, that person that is, that is choosing to stay out of the light, his lifestyle is not going to match his claims. He can tell you, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. He can play church. You can come and play church and fool everybody here. You can fool the pastor. You can make, make out like, you, man, you are just super Christian. But if you're not truly walking in with Christ, you're in the darkness. Coming into the church building does not make you walk in the light. And your life will show that. The things in your life will show that. You'll, be, you'll start seeing the fruit that's not of light. He who... who you're not fooling God. Just because people come to church, and maybe even Sunday school, doesn't fool God. God knows whether one is walking in darkness or walking in light. The man who's walking in light is going to be very real. He's going, he, he, he's going to be very transparent. You're going to see God. The man who is walking close to God, he may not act like you say, well, Christians are supposed to do this, Christians are supposed to do that. No. He may not fit that mold, but you'll see God in him. And that's what matters. You'll see the heart of Christ walking in him. The man that's walking in darkness, the man that's choosing to walk on the other side of the fence, is living a lie. And he'll do anything he can to keep that secret. Oh, I'll go to church and I'll, I'll make sure to keep people away from me. And he'll work hard to keep that image of a Christian and keep, keep others and God away from him so they can't find it. He'll just put up this personification. Oh yeah, I'm this, I'm that. He'll wear the t-shirts and do all the right things to look like he is. But inside he knows the choice he's made. I share this this morning to contrast the fact, guys, going to church is not what saves you. 
You have got to make a decision. Every one of us, whether you're in this room right now, whether you'll be watching on the YouTube channel or if you're listening by the radio, however you're hearing my voice, let me make sure you understand this morning, guys, that you are making a decision. Coming to church or listening to the radio or watching TV does not save you. You have to choose whether to walk in the light or walk in the darkness. That's a choice only you can make. And only you can, and you need to do that sooner rather than later. The second contrast out of that passage of Scripture I'd point out to you is that in verse 7, our relationship with others, whether we choose to walk in the light or dark, changes the relationships that we have with other people. The man who walks in the light, what does it say? Is going to have fellowship with other Christians. You don't have to go it alone. There are times, guys, where we, we are struggling. We may feel alone. But the great thing is, if we are in the light, then there are others who are walking in that light to give us comfort, to give us strength, to give us help along the way. And if nothing else, to know to be able to sit back and that we have brothers and sisters lifting us up to our Heavenly Father, knowing that we have brothers and sisters praying for one another. We have a lot of people who are out sick right now, but I guarantee you most of them know that there are people who are praying for them. But the man who walks in darkness, he's alone. He's all alone. Sure, he may have family and friends around him, but if they, if they are walking in darkness as well, they're in no hope. They're, he has no hope. Have you ever tried to walk through the woods in the pitch black dark? You bounce into trees. And just because you have somebody else walking with you doesn't mean they're not going to bounce into trees too. When you're walking in the dark, even with holding other people that are in the dark, you're going to get hurt. There is strength and there is hope in light. But there is no strength and hope in darkness. There's always in the light, knowing that, that there is something beyond myself. When we choose to walk in God's light, then we know that we're walking with brothers and sisters, whether we can see them or not. I see this best illustrated at funerals. I, I, I'll be honest with you, when, when, when the deceased and the surviving family do not know Jesus, it is a sad, depressing time. It is a hard thing to, get, to try to dole out any kind of hope and comfort. In fact, one time I told Sherry, I just didn't want to do funerals anymore of people that wasn't saved. Now, God had other ideas and other plans, but it's hard when a family doesn't know Jesus Christ. However, when they do know Jesus, sure, there's still sadness, there's still grief, but there's also a fellowship and a celebration inside of knowing where their loved one now resides, of knowing that they're not alone, of knowing that brothers and sisters in Christ are going to come together and support and strengthen and lift you up till you can get through this trial. When there is Christ in the midst of life, it's so much more glorious. But when there's Christ in the midst of that funeral, there is still hope. But when you don't have Christ and you just have darkness, everything's stopped. There is no support. There is no strengthening one another. There is nothing but, uh, oh, he's gone, it's gone, it's done, therefore we just have to hurt and no way to get out of this. I, I, perhaps one of the greatest gifts I believe that God has given to us is the fellowship of other Christian brothers and sisters because we can lean and rely upon them when we can't carry ourselves. Praise God. That's one of the, the great benefits of walking in a light. Fellowship says that, that no matter what happens, I'm not alone in this world. I can look across and see. Why? Because I'm in the light. Because I'm in the light, God can show me other brothers and sisters. I may be struggling. I may be on my back. I may not even be able to get up, but I can call out for help. Why? Because I can see my brothers and sisters in the light of Jesus Christ. Where if I was in the darkness, I'm just going to lay there and disappear. Hope is in the light. The third contrast I would bring between light and darkness is the way that sin affects a man. In that passage of Scripture, when John's talking to you and I, it, say, it, it says that we're all going to have sin. No matter who we are, folks, no matter what you are as a Christian, whether you're a Christian or an unbeliever, does not matter. Sin is going to come into your life, and it's going to impact you. Sin is going to move in your life one way or the other. It is a part of our lives that without question. It's going to affect us. The difference is, how does it stain us? How does it hurt us? Where does it grab a hold of? There's a doctrine, unfortunately, that's becoming popular right now that's teaching that Christians can reach a point where they, there's no more sin in their life, that sin has no effect on them. They cease to sin, if you will. 
Let me tell you this morning, that, that's, that's a lie right out of the pits of hell. That is not true. That totally goes against the Word of God. As we grow and as we mature as Christians, uh, I pray that sin has less hold upon us. As we grow and get better into the Word of God and stronger in the will of God, we should be able to resist sin more. We should be able to walk away from sin just a little bit better. But folks, no matter what, sin is there. As long as we are in this flesh, as long as we're in this world of sin, we are going to wrestle with it. But the man who walks in his sin, how is he stained? That's the question. The man who is in that sin, what happens to him? The one who doesn't know Christ stands condemned. Nothing he can do, not anything he can do can ever wash the sin or the guilt away from him. Folks, there is nothing any one of us in this room can do. We cannot save ourselves, no matter how rich we are, no matter how famous we are, no matter how powerful we are. There is nothing we can do to wash the sin off ourselves. Truth is, that whether you're a Christian or not, we are absolutely powerless to do anything about the sin that comes in our lives. There is nothing we can do about it. The only thing that we can do is to stop and go to Christ and, and, and do exactly what the Word tells us to do. We need to get down on our knees and, and believe in the Son of God. Come before Him. Confess our sins and confess Him as our Lord and Savior. Repent from them and be immersed in them. The only way to be washed from the stain of sin is to be washed by the blood of the Lamb. The man who walks in darkness knows deep down he has a sin problem. He knows that he is stained. But he's going to try to deal with it in all kinds of ways. He may pretend it's not there. Oh, you know, it's not real. Or he'll, he'll, well, God didn't really say that. I hear that oftentimes when I come to folks and say, well, you know, the Scripture says this. No, he didn't really mean it that way. Well, how did he mean it? Because he says it right here. Well, I don't believe that. Oh, what do you believe if you're not going to believe the Scripture? Well, I'm a good person. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not doing anything wrong to anyone else. God surely wouldn't let me uh, not come in just because of this sin or that sin or this sin or that sin. Or maybe he'll just deny that God's Word is real. He'll just say, well, you know, that's just an old book. It doesn't matter anywhere. Folks, people can scream till they're blue in the face that God's Word is not true and that, that there is no such thing as sin. But just because they scream and they scream and they scream does not change the fact that God's Word is true and that there is sin and there is a price to be paid for sin and you have to make a decision to walk in the light and get cleansed of it or stay in the darkness and pay the price. It is our choice, guys. You can pretend that this isn't true. But just pretending means you're staying in the dark. Well, pastor, I got this one area in my life I don't want to give up. I'd be real careful because if that is in darkness and you just can't give it up, are you just playing around in the light over here, maybe? Have you really chosen to step in the light? Now, understand, none of us are perfect. We all sin. The difference is, do we realize it and come before the Lord and say, I'm sorry? Or do we stay over here in the dark and make excuses why it's okay? That's where it comes down to where we can look at a little, do a little self-evaluation. Am I walking in the light? Or am I walking in darkness? Well, you know, it's, Pastor, I've been married forever and I, I have this adulterous affair. I really love my wife. It's just a little bit of adultery on the side. I wonder what your wife would say about that. Are you truly married if you still continue wanting? Now, you may have slipped up and you say, you know, I repent, I'm sorry. Honey, will you please take me back? I, I will never do it again. But if you say, well, it's just a little bit and start justifying, are you really that married anymore? Have you given her totally your heart? Sexual immorality is sexual immorality. When you choose to dabble in it, then I have to question, are you ever actually been in the light? Because, yeah, you're playing church. You acted like you knew what was going on. And you might have it here. But if you so willingly want to play in the dark, I have to wonder if you don't like the dark more than the light. Well, Pastor, you're, you're meddling now. I, I, I just work so much because I like chasing the dollar. I like the money. I like this. I like that. Whatever your vice may be. I'm not trying to pinprick you this morning. What I'm trying to do is present the fact what John said. You either admit that you're a sinner and walk in the light, or you choose to try to just play in the dark and hide and rationalize. 
which at that point you're either for me or against me, he said. You're either in the light or you're in the dark. Notice what he said there. He said, said, now this is the message we have heard from him to declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. I'm not saying that. John said that and God included it in his word. When we choose to sin and continue in that sin and rationalize why it's okay, then you're not walking in the light. And you have to question, were you ever? Now again, understand, we all, make, we all sin. We're not, not a one of us in this room is perfect. The difference comes down is when I sin and God brings it to my attention and I am convicted, do I get up and leave it, turn from it, repent from it? That's what repent means, turn from it and choose to walk in the light? Or do I choose, gosh, this is fun though. I'm going to rationalize why it's okay to hang out over here. And, and stay in the darkness, knowing there's no darkness in him. I've made my choice. Now, the choices I'm laying out here to you guys may not be easy. It's simple for me to get up here and present this to you. It's easy to point and make say, ha-ha, you have to blame John, not me. But it doesn't change the fact that the decision has to be made. And it's hard sometimes. It means making some some adjustments. It means making some life changes. But only you can decide. And just like Corey presented a while ago, it's really easy. Satan's going to throw out there real quick. Well, so-and-so did it. Brother so-and-so did it. The, the politicians do it. The, the, this, these movie stars do this. That He'll tell you why so many people are doing it. Bottom line comes back. God said, you're either in the light or you're in the darkness. The great thing is Christians... And we stop and ask ourselves, what what are we going to do with the sin in our lives? Verse 8 said there that if you act like it's not sin, you're only deceiving yourself. When when God convicts and you know it's wrong, you have the capability at that point to make a choice. If you are a Christian, you can go to the Lord and say, I confess, I'm sorry. Repent, turn away from whatever it is that you're doing. And then come back over and say, here I am, Lord. Forgive me. You know, we serve a God that is just and true and said, you know what? My child, I'll put it as far as the east is from the west. When I see in your heart you mean it, that you choose to make the hard decisions that that pulls you away from that lifestyle, then I will wash you and cleanse you and you are mine. Now, if you're not a Christian, the first thing you need to understand is that you have to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's first and foremost. You can't go to him if you don't know him. But once you do, then you do the same thing. You repent of your sins. You immerse yourself in Christ and your sins are going to be forgiven and the Holy Spirit moves within you. And the great thing about the Holy Spirit that moves within you, He starts convicting you. In other words, He starts pointing out all the things that you were messing around in in the darkness. The light comes on of Christ and all of a sudden you see what was fun was really a big old cesspool of nasty. I don't know if you've ever read Pilgrim's Progress by, 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 by Bunyan. It is an incredible illustration of the nasty that you're wallowing in when the light comes on. Sometimes we don't realize it until it's presented to us in light. You may say, but pastor, this, this, this adulterous affair, this, 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 this drunken uh, painting the town red, or this, this elaborate scheme of lying and, and, and gossiping, whatever it is that God convicts you of, If you see it in God's light, you're not going to want to be in it anymore. If you're still wanting to be in it, knowing what's wrong, then the light of God's not on in your life right there. That's a decision and a choice you have to make this morning. You have to choose light or darkness. As Corey presented, lots of people are doing it the darkness side. But if you think that makes it right, as John says there, you're deceiving yourselves. God knows. Now, you can fool me. It's not between me and God. It's between you and God. I have my own issues that I have to present before the Lord. Now, I'd love to pray with you about these things if you come to me, but bottom line, I can talk till I'm blue in the face. You can listen till your ears fall off. But if you don't make the choice to step into the light, you're still just as lost as you were before you ever came to me. You have to make a decision.
And the great thing is, is that you don't even have to come to me. It's between you and Christ. You know where you're at. You know what you've been dealing with. You know what the Holy Spirit's convicted you of. You know what the Scripture says. And if you try to continue to rationalize it, he says, you're not fooling anyone but yourself. You've chosen darkness. So what is your choice this morning? Using the Star Wars analogy. You know, Anakin chose dark side for a while there. What do you choose? Do you choose darkness? Or do you choose light? You choose to put on the black hat or the white hat. And that's obviously metaphorically speaking. I like black hats better than white ones, actually. But in your life, spiritually, what's your decision today? John says that you, you know you're either in the light or you're not. Are you deceiving yourself? Again, let me say this one more time. If you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, first of all, accept him. I believe that he is the son of God, that he died in the place of your sin. Shed the, blood. the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. There is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. But he chose to die as a perfect sacrifice for whomsoever believe in him could be washed by that blood. You believe that and that he rose again on the third day after his death and he walked this earth and then was resurrected or resurrected and walked this earth and ascended to the right hand of God the Father. You believe that with your mind, profess that with your mouth, put it in your heart, and so shalt thou be saved. That's the first and foremost. If you do believe in him today, you have accepted him as your Lord, and you realize, gosh, I'm, I'm, I've been playing around in the dark. It's time to turn the lights on, and it's just as easy as just saying, Father, forgive me. The hard part is getting out. You found it you, you, in the dark. You wallowed your way down into the bottom of a swamp. It's going to be hard to get out of that swamp. But the great thing is with the light, you'll see how to get out. There may be consequences to the actions you've had. Unfortunately, many of us do things that ends up breaking our hearts or other people's hearts, costing us money, maybe even our physical health. But the great thing is when that light finally goes on and we accept Jesus Christ, sure, there may be scars that we're going to wear forever, but we can get out. Paul tells us in Philippians that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. But you have to choose Christ. So, the question this morning is, have you chosen to walk in the light or walk in the darkness? And you don't have to let me know. It's between you and God today. If you want to, great. If you want to stand up and give testimony, I choose to walk in the light, hallelujah. What you say before men is heard before Christ as well. That is a testimony that's given before the Lord as well. And that is a wonderful thing. But if you're dealing with this morning, you say, God, help me. And you just want to cling to the hem of his garment today. Praise God that you will be healed just as the woman with the issue of blood. But you've got to grab a hold and say, Father, forgive. That's your decision this morning. Where and what do you choose? I like to say as Joshua, as for me and my house, I choose to serve the Lord. But in this circumstance, I can't say that. Because I can only choose for myself. The rest of my house has to choose for themselves. But I sure choose to lead my house in the ways of the Lord. What is your decision this morning? So I'll stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. You can come to this altar. You can pray where you're at. But I want you to leave here this morning questioning, asking yourself, have I chosen to walk in light? Or have I chosen to walk in darkness? Am I doing something that I know is not of God? If that is true, then you have a choice to make this morning. If you're, do, if you're caught in something that you know is not godly, you need to make the choice. And understand, you can't blame others around you. Like Corey said, there's lots of people who may be doing what you're doing, but you're making the choice when you leave out of here to walk in light or walk in darkness. Your decision. Father God, I just come before you this morning and, and ask in the name of Jesus that you will give each one of us the strength to do what we need to do to step out and be accepted by you as washed and cleansed by your blood. Father, sin stains us. The only thing that, 
can get the sin off of us is your righteousness. We all sin. We all fall short of your glory. But thank you, Jesus, that you made a pathway, that you loved us enough, that you said, whomsoever believeth in you shall not perish but have everlasting life. If there's one here today that has not surrendered their heart unto you, may they step out before it's too late. May they do as Greg did Thursday night and come to me and, and share with me that you have moved in their life, Lord God, that you, that you moved in and cleansed them and they can't help but tell others that you've changed their life. God, if there's someone here today that you're working with, I pray that you will just speak so resoundedly to their heart and to their mind that they will not leave before making a decision. And if there's someone here today, Lord, that knows you, but has just slid off into the valley of darkness, may they choose to turn back to the light and allow you to pull them up so that they can not just have a stronger life, but a better life of commitment and fulfillment and satisfaction that comes from only being in the light. Satan is so good at teasing us and tricking us into believing that we're where we're supposed to be, when in reality we're just rationing away what we know is wrong. God, help us to focus on you, to be what you've called us to be, so that your will will be done in our lives. And we can walk out with our heads held high, not because we're self-righteous, but because we know we've been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. God, may your will be done in the hearts of your people this day. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing this morning, if God's working in you and you're trying to make a decision between light and dark, guys, that's the imperative. The most important thing you can do is not sing, but do what God's called you to do. Now, if he's telling you to sing, then sing. Belt it out. But if he's telling you to get on your knees, get on your knees. Telling you to come to this altar, come to this altar. If he's telling you to come to me, come to me. But get your right, your heart right with God. We're not promised another day nor an hour. Our lives are but a vapor, as Paul, uh, David said. Let's get it right. As we sing this morning, guys. Just saying, whatever it is, it may be so, <clears throat> excuse me, something small or something incredibly grandiose that's in your life, but it's in the darkness, take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to Him. I'm not saying it's going to be easy to climb out. Any of you guys that's been hunting or in four-wheel drives, sometimes you get stuck and it takes a lot of work and help from others to get out of it. But the great thing is, when you have others and you have the Lord, you will get out. Yeah, amen. It's your decision this morning. It's your choice. Don't point a finger at somebody else and say, well, they pulled me down into this darkness. They may have, but you get to pull yourself back out. Grab the hand of Jesus and watch what happens. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I pray you have a wonderful day today. I encourage you to come back this evening, 6 o'clock. We're in the book of Joel, Joel chapter 2. We're studying Joel chapter 2 this evening. Uh, and I understand it's the Dallas-Green Bay game. So come on out, and if I see your hands under the table, I know that you've got your phone on under there, and just give me score updates, and we'll be okay. No. In all seriousness, come on out, and we'll have a great time tonight of Bible study. In the meantime, guys, keep looking up. Keep looking up. Go to the Lord in prayer, but on a daily basis. I'm not telling you to walk with your head beat down. You go to the Lord and walk in the light, and you can actually hold your head up because you can see where you're going. You can see what's ahead of you. Choose light rather than darkness. Amen? Praise the Lord for each one of you. Keep looking up and all that you say and do and give God all the praise, honor, and glory. Again, remember all the folks who are ill. Lots of people are out sick right now. Uh, you may not know them by name, but if you do, lift them up. Uh, Brian, Noah. Noah is going home? Okay, well, that must be what texted me a while ago. Okay, so Noah's going home. Praise God for that. But continue to pray for the family as well. And uh, uh, guys, just, just keep looking up. Most of all, just keep looking up. Amen? Amen. Brother Rod, will you close us in prayer this morning, brother? Amen. All right, guys. Remember business meeting next week. Everybody's bringing fried chicken.